looking out on the morning rain I used to feel so uninspired And when I knew I had to face another day Lord, it made me feel so Hey listeners, now before we get into this new episode, I am joined by a young woman whose brother was murdered. Um, And as you all know, I too have had a sister who was also murdered. So we do go into some detail. Uh, It does contain some sensitive information as we do not filter our experience on losing a loved one and what transpired. So I just wanted to let everyone know There may be some things that are uncomforting to hear. However, this is our reality and we wanted to share it with you all, whoever may be going through it or whoever just wants to listen and support and just getting understanding for folks that do lose loved ones and how things transpire for us on a daily basis. But thank you for listening. And if you have any feedback, be sure to let me know. You all know where to find me again. Thank you. Hey, it's your girl, Rosie. I'm back with another episode of The Rosie Perspective. On today's episode, I am joined by a special guest by the name of Tyasia. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good, how you doing? I'm great. So I'm actually very happy to have you on. It's been a long time coming. We've been like Facebook yeah, <laughs> like Facebook friends, Instagram friends for years, and we yes. connect in a special way. So I'm actually very, very happy that we're able to actually do it um, this episode. Um, so I guess I'll start off with how's 2021 going for you so far? I know it just started. Mm-hmm. So, so far, so good. I mean, I can't complain, you know, although we're all going through different things, like not for nothing, like, you know. I was able to wake up today, you know, to see another day in 2021. So that's a blessing in itself. You know, I'm not, you know, as less fortunate as a lot of people affected by the pandemic. You know, I still have a job. Mm -hmm. I'm still able to do, you know, little things for myself and those I care about. So honestly, 2021 is, you know, it's, it's been good so far. Okay. No, I get it. I feel the same way. It's like, you know, obviously things are crazy out there. So it can't be like, oh yeah, everything's all good, but. You know, personally, it's like, okay, I'm grateful. I'm still employed as well. You know, I'm grateful that my immediate family isn't sick and, you know, we haven't caught COVID and anything. So I definitely get it. Um, All right. So today's episode, um, we're going to be focusing on a very special person to you. And that's your brother, Rashad. Um, Now, for those that are listening, Rashad uh, is a young man that was murdered. years ago and Taish is his sister and I just want to get into a little bit about um, Rashad and what type of brother he was what type of person he was before we get into the unfortunate um, demise of your brother so if you don't mind just letting us know I mean because I know that was your ace boom coon like I know <laughs> yeah. your brother was yeah. your road dog so yes. if you don't mind telling us a little bit about him yeah sure of course um so where do I start? I mean, it's like, I feel like, you know how people say there's nothing bad you could say about him. Like, yeah. I really like, I don't want to sound like it because that's my brother, but no, like, it's true. Like, so um, me and Rashad are four years apart. 
um, and legit, like, I just had an awesome big brother. Like, that's just the best way I could sum it up. And, like, you know, a lot of people um, can see that, you know, even before he passed, that, you know, the the energy between us, it just was like, you know, that was my first best friend. And it just was always love. And he was very much so like a protector, but, like, I'm still going to be the fun, you know, go-to big brother, if that makes sense. No, know? I get it, yeah. So um, he definitely was a goofy person. Like, I mean, extremely goofy, like, legit. Like, the most randomest, like, you'll be like, really, Rashad? But, like, <laughs> you, <laughs> you needed that laugh and, like, legit. Like, he could come in a room and you could be going through it, having the most, like, real, like, horrible day and like you'll just like transfer that and like legit be that light that you really needed like so that's the the main thing I can say about him like he really was like a jokester goofball but like all in all just like if you were around him like you automatically just gravitated to his good energy. He just was like a ball of like good, <laughs> positive energy. Like I never really seen him mad. And like, that's not like, like legit, like no cap, like legit. Like I've never really seen him mad. Like he legit was always a happy person, always in good spirits. And like, like I said, if, even if it wasn't me or anyone around him, if he seen he was going through something, he was very supportive. Like he just was like a very nurturing and like, okay, you're going through this, but, like, no one wants a Debbie Downer, but not to say, like, okay, you're not going through this, or, like, it's not that serious, but trying to just shift the energy and make you kind of just kind of, you know, remember that, you know, it's not that serious, because he would always say that, like, chill, sis, it's not that serious, it's not that serious. And that's true, because, you know, you need more people like that, instead of adding to an already, you know, messed up situation. So mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, you definitely need more people to be like, yo, just chill, you know, kind of just yeah. take it easy type stuff. So I knew your brother and I knew him. I don't, I mean, I can't remember how I met him, but I've known him for a while. But how I knew him, knew him was from the clubs because we was in these Greeks. Okay. Oh, so yeah, y'all was fast. <laughs> We was at every reggae bashment party in Boston. Okay, like, and you know, obviously him and VAC, and I was cool with all of them. So it was like, every party was like, okay, you see them. And then it's like, you see, you keep seeing them. So everybody became like a little reggae family. (laughs) So three C's, Brockton, all that. So we would all go out and always have like a fun time. Mm -hmm. And, um... And my sister, who has also passed, she we all used to go out. So mm, it was okay. just like me and my sister and my homegirls. And then we'd always see Rashad and we'd see, you know, uh, Kia. And then we'd see like every everybody. So it, yeah, shout everybody, out to my sis, Kia. Yes, know. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> so we became like a, a little like family. Everybody always showed love. So I definitely know a little bit about your your brother's personality because like I said Mm -hmm. we would all kind of like chill and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. um all right so I want to kind of okay take it back to um 2012 if I'm not mistaken that is the year yes that your brother passed away okay Mm -hmm. so if you can tell us what it felt like when you found out that your brother 
had been stabbed because I don't know if initially you guys knew whether or not he had or had not passed, but mm-hmm. um, because I remember hearing about it and social mm-hmm. media had all types of stories. Child, I'm like, I child. don't know what's happening. Like, I listen, followed him on Twitter listen. and then I seen tweets and I'm like, wait. Ugh. And then people were saying, you know, all this stuff. So if you can tell us, I guess, what really happened and like how it went about for you and your family when you did find out. Okay, so um, August 5th, August, actually, I'm going to start pulling back some because okay. um, Rashad would always legit, like, for some reason, like, that summer particularly, like, he was always, because he didn't live with us, he lived with his dad, mm-hmm. but he always would come over in every house my mother um, lived in with us, like, he always had his own room, so it was never like, okay, just because you're not here, and this isn't your actual address, you live with your pops, like, you always are welcome, or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. but for that particular reason, like, I don't know, like, that summer, he legit spent so much time with us, like, I felt like he was never at his dad's house, like, I'm like, he was always with us, so um, on August 14th, um, he had got off of work, and he went to go play ball, and went to the gym, and then he ended up coming to, you know, our house, which is his like normal ritual routine that summer. Um, so he got to the house and we was just chilling or whatever, watching movies, driving our mother crazy because she had to work early in the morning. <laughs> and I just remember it like we was literally cracking up. I think we was watching like Kevin Hart and then we started watching our other favorite movie, um, Coming to America. Like, I mean, when I tell you a jokester, like you cannot watch nothing with this boy. Like, this boy <laughs> would be so like, make a joke out of everything. So legit, can you imagine us in the house literally cracking the hell up and our mother's <laughs> in the room like, I gotta go to work. <laughs> I know the vibes, so, girl. Yeah, so um, that particular day, he I, he forgot his uniform pants. So again, like I said, this was August 14th. He forgot his uniform pants. And we ended up watching so many different funny movies into, you know, the wee hours of early um, of the morning of August 15th. So I ended up dozing off. And he basically was like, sis, I'm about to leave. I'm going to my dad's house. I forgot my uniform pants. And I was like, why are you leaving? It's late. His girlfriend came and picked him up and he left. And this was like 2.30 in the morning. So he was like, all right, sis, I'm out. I'll see you later. And he was like, I love you. And I was like, I love you too. And now fast forward, um, he ended up um, on his way to work and he legit like I was trying to piece it together when I got the news so I was at home and mm-hmm. everyone kept contacting me and I didn't know what it was about because you know I was occupied because um, I'm heavy in like the carnival and I was legit like designing boots like for girls for carnival because again it was August so mm-hmm. I was literally like that was like my little side hustle that summer like making like um making some extra money off of like designing the boots for the girls for carnival. So I was like legit spray painting boots, like legit putting like rhinestones. Like I'm over here in my own little, you know, vibe playing my soca playlist. And like my phone, like was like the notifications when I tell you were like, I'm like, I know damn well, I'm not that important. (laughs) (laughs) No, I hear you. You know, like I'm like, ding, ding, ding. I'm like, Oh, let me answer the damn phone. So then when I opened the phone, I also had Twitter and I also had him on Twitter. So a lot of people were inboxing me on Twitter and was saying that he got stabbed. So that's originally how I found out 
there was a stabbing. Didn't confirm that it was his him at first because mm-hmm. I was just like, what do you mean there was a stabbing? And I know a lot of people and they just kept saying Riz, but I didn't want to just assume it was Rashad because a lot of people go by the name Riz. You're right. But then it was only until um, my mom called me and was like, she was shaking up and I could hear that her voice, something was wrong. And I was like, what's wrong, Ma? And she was like, your brother got stabbed. And I was like, what do you mean? Are you sure? I was like, well, people are hitting me up on Twitter saying that he got stabbed. So clearly it must be true because now it's gotten to you. So I was like, how did you find out? And she's like, he was on his way to work and he had his ID, um, his work ID on him. And they must have, you know, either looked him up in the system and knew to contact me. I don't know. But um, she's like, me and um, she's like, I told her, I said, wait, Ma, if he was on his way to work, because they worked at the same hospital, Brigham Women's Hospital, mm-hmm. I said, go to his department and see if he needed to work. Because, you know, there's a lot of rizzes. Like, it could be anybody. You're right. You're right. We don't, we don't want to just assume it's him. So then as she was making her way to his department, people from his department was, like, trying to find my mom. So that's when she was like, this, this shit got to be real because legit like how is it that I'm coming to see if he made it into work and then you guys are trying to find me so girl we're not even into the rest of the story and I already feel chills because I I'm just like yeah so (sighs) they they tell her there was a stabbing and that he was involved in a stabbing because like I said she gathered that they contacted her um from him having his ID on him so they must have contacted his department as well but then she basically said that she was on her way to Boston Medical with his dad and that while she was on her way to Boston Medical, her um, she kept getting texts from his phone. So that's what was creeping her out because she's like, if he's stabbed, how is he texting me? Oh, but yeah. Come to find out, it was a, de- it was a, um, a deaf girl and a blind girl. Like, I guess she was like partially deaf, but she was like legally blind. Mm. And she's texting. She... No, she wasn't blind. I'm sorry. She was deaf. She was deaf. So she was saying that I'm I'm deaf, but I was on the bus with your son, and I think this is his phone. So when my mother called me back, she was like, the traffic is crazy, Taisha. Like, the, the traffic from just trying to get from, you know, 75 Francis Street where Brigham is just to get to Roxburgh Crossing is like, you cannot. Like, the traffic was just, like, she couldn't get there quick enough. So then when she called me back, she's like, Taisha, how many tattoos do your brother have? And I was like, oh, my God. This can't be happening. I was like, not how many tattoos. I know. I just, I had to, like, pause because I'm on the porch still. And we're on the third floor. So I'm like, let me go inside because me being on the porch and me getting all these contacts and notifications, like, this is not a good look. Let me go try to figure out, to go inside and try to figure my way to get to Boston Medical. So... I end up um, calling one of my brother's friends who I know he's always with. So I'm like, I know they always chat and they always are together. Let me call him and see if he has spoken to my brother and maybe he can give me some more information. So I call, I'm calling like everybody I know that possibly could have been with him or no, like, you know, like mm-hmm. I nobody's answering the phone. And then one of his friends answers and is like, yeah, I don't know what happened, but I think something something's wrong because he's not answering my calls or texts and everybody's saying that he got stabbed. And I'm like, oh my God, I gotta get to I gotta get to Boston Medical. I gotta get to Boston Medical. So finally I'm able to get a ride to get to Boston Medical. And I legit um I get to the rotary 
um I forget that rotary, but it's like right like right after right before you get to right after McDonald's, if I'm not mistaken. Like okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like if you're going towards like the, the jail over there. Mm-hmm. So I get to that rotary and legit my mom calls me and she's like, he's gone. And I'm like, I just pause because I'm like, what? She's like <laughs> He's he's in heaven. He he's he's with your grandmother, meaning my my mom's mom. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I just lost it. I like I didn't even cry at first. I just was like stuck in that moment of her telling me because like she's screaming his name like, and she's like he's gone, he's gone, and I'm just like, I need to get there. Although I was so like I said, I'm literally r- around the corner. If you think about it, because I said I was at the Rotary, and I'm like, okay, I get to the hospital finally. When I tell you, I've never seen so many people outside a hospital. Like, I don't know how his friends figured out which hospital or anything. But wow. Like, there was already, like, a good 50, 60 people outside. And when I got out the car, everybody's, like, crying and I'm like, to me, I'm so upset because I'm like, I can't get there in enough time. And then my mom's there. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling more so like I'm putting my emotions aside because I'm like, I need to get to my mother. Like, that's my priority right now. Like, I need to get to her and make sure she's okay and console her, even though I know she's not okay. But for me, that was my focus. I wasn't even focused on, you know, my emotions. And then like, my cousin was there and she literally grabbed me and she's hugging me. But like, I felt like I had on like, like, my body was so heavy. It took me so long to get from the emergency entrance to the back area where they were, like, in a room. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like the walk, like, like the longest walk in my life. Like I can I only felt, imagine. Like, when I got there, it just was, like, it was crazy. Because I really still, like, I'm like, no, he's gone? No. Like, I just was, like, going, like, I was, like, crying but then I would stop because I'm just like no like in shock like I it's legit like when they say you have an out-of-body experience it definitely is an out-of-body experience like it just it didn't hit me finally like and when I saw my mom like she just was like she she legit was cussing the doctors out like you guys are not going to stereotype my child why were they saying stuff Yes, yes, girl, yes. Because, you know, BMC is, you know, the number one Uh place that they bring people who get, you know, unfortunately stabbed, shot, or any type of trauma. You're right. And they legit were like, you know, we're sorry. And my mom just kept saying, like, later, like, the look that they were giving her, it was like, yeah, like, as if he was just another, you know, black person that just got killed in the street of Boston. But, like, it was the norm. But, like, my mom was like, no, like, you guys are not going to do this. This is, my son was somebody, and he was not that type of, you know, individual. Mm-hmm. And he was on his way to work. Like, something happened that this is not adding up. We're going to get to the bottom of it. Like, it just was crazy. Like, to be in that room, and, like, you know how they say you almost, like, feel cold? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't, like, you have to experience it for people to understand, like, when you lose a loved one like that, like, it's different to lose somebody to natural causes than to lose somebody to homicide. When you lose somebody to homicide, it's like, you almost feel like you're in shock and you're in the morgue. Like, you feel ice cold. Like, you're I feel right. so cold. Like, it was crazy. Like, when I say that, that we legit got to that hospital 
And when I tell you, we didn't leave Rosie till like maybe nine o'clock. What what time did this? I know it's early afternoon, if I'm not mistaken, or was it in the yeah. morning? This was af- early afternoon. Okay, so I thought we, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this happened like around one uh, thirty ish. Okay, that sounds and, about right. Yeah, and he was pronounced deceased at two thirty three p.m. So very quick, very quick. That's a sad thing, yo. It's like I feel you. Like everything you're saying, I understand because you know I went through it losing my sister. Like you saying, mm-hmm. like. You cry, but you stop. Like, it was the same thing. Like, because when I went mm-hmm. to where my sister's body was found, which was in my dad's car, there were friends and stuff, like you said, already there. And mm-hmm. they were there. I was eight months pregnant. And mm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm that's crying, crazy but you I say stop, that because my, cause my, and then I'm that's like, crazy. People are probably like, is she okay? I'm not. I don't know what's happening now. I look back at it. I was, yeah. That's postpartum. And I can't even say postpartum because you didn't have the baby yet. That's just PTSD in itself. Like, that that has to be a lot. Because my sister, she was, she just had our niece. My niece turned three months on August 11th. So she she hadn't even made, made it to the um, hospital yet. So can you imagine? She just had a baby. And then not only that, my birthday is August 12th. And we were planning, they were planning like a big birthday party for me. So for him to pass on the 15th, three days after my birthday, and then my niece is just three months, like, it's crazy, like so many, like you know. And like, that's another thing I didn't realize that your birthdays were so close. Although I have you as a friend, and the crazy part about it is, my sister died in my birth month. My birthday mm-hmm. is April 11th. She was mm-hmm. missing for six days, starting April 7th. And my, mm-hmm. some of my friends were like, "Hey, you want to go out to eat?" I'm like, "Uh, bitches, my sister. sister's missing. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I can't turn up. Ain't no birthday. You know what I'm saying? Birthday yeah. canceled. So." You know, and her her funeral was two weeks after my birthday. And Mm. I used to have this guilt about celebrating my birthday because her death date is, they found her on the 13th. My birthday is the 11th. So I used to be like, can I I turn up? Like, so it's crazy. I did not know that girl today. Yeah, Yeah, legit. Like, when I tell you, I I definitely understand. It's crazy. Like, even now talking to you, the the connections that Mm -hmm. we have. And the similarities, like, legit, like, I have this guilt as well. Like, I feel so bad. Like, it's a light switch. I always Mm -hmm. refer to it as a light switch. Like, legit, I have to turn it on for my birthday because I don't want to be sad. And, you know, everybody around me tries to pour into me and, you know, uplift me and give me that energy, like, you know, and show that I'm loved and cared for, which I truly am. But they don't understand wholeheartedly how I feel because it has not happened to them. And Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, I would never wish this on anybody. But the fact that you are turn like you said, turning up and want to celebrate for your birthday, and then legit, my birthday is the twelfth, and then his anniversary is the fifteenth. I always feel bad. Like I always feel bad. Like, like your posts go from A to like, oh my god, rest in peace. It's like, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I didn't even notice that it was yeah. three days apart for you and two days apart for me for my birthday. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. okay, so you said you guys left at not. I can't like. Girl, because you know what it was? It was like, um, like now finding out now more information is after it happened, they blocked off a lot with the crime scene. So oh, that's okay. why there was so much traffic in the inner city. Because you got to remember, Shaw was stabbed down Dudley. Mm-hmm. Right and, near the library, right? Right. So okay. there was a lot of like, they canvassed that whole area, like legit, like past the Boys and Girls Club on Warren Street, all the way, like... They blocked off so much 
So it interfered with the traffic. That's why when I told you, my mom was saying that it took her so long to get to the hospital because she couldn't go the normal uh-huh. route. But then it was just so much traffic. But um, yeah, so we literally, like, my sister had to come to the hospital, of course. And, like, there was other family members we were waiting on. And legit, like, we didn't leave there till nine. And we ended up going to see him in the morgue. And I think that's when it hit me. So you did see him? Yes, I did. Because that's one thing I did not do. And reason being for my sister is she was shot Mm -hmm. in the head. So when we had to identify her, they said they would advise the family not see her that way. Mm -hmm. So they showed us a picture of her. Uh, Mm. But they, it's weird because they showed a picture. But the picture, you know how when you do, let's say you want to put your face in like, um, a clown picture or a picture of like a little kid with pigtails, but your face is like in the middle of it, but then there's a mm-hmm. cartoon background. So yeah. basically it was like a picture of a blue ba- body bag and a picture of her, like just from the eyebrows down because they couldn't show, you know, her forehead. Her head. Um, so we didn't get to experience that. So for you to experience that, I can't yeah. even imagine what that yeah, felt like. I experienced it twice. Cause we had to, um, so the day he, the day of the actual stabbing when he was pronounced deceased, um, it was me, my mom, my sister, and um, three other family members, um, and that was a lot because of course you don't you don't believe it till you see it, and like it was just like he looked so tired, like. I felt so, because before we even got to see him, I kept telling the doctors, like, please, if you guys could just get a sheet, do something, like, I don't want my mom, because you know, when they they go to the hospital and trying to resuscitate them and save their life, they do all type of mm-hmm. stuff, they break your chest cage open, they, all type of things, IVs, and I just was like, you know, if you could just put a sheet on the areas that can kind of, like, hide or disguise some of that, because it's bad enough we're going to the morgue, like, and I didn't even realize, like, you know, it didn't dawn on me till like a year later that I was able to like pause and be like, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to see him in a body bag. We, like I, I was able to, you know, step out of my emotions and tell these people like, look, cover him up. Like my mother can't see him completely like this. No, like, I understand no, her baby. Like, I understand. But to, for, for her to see her baby on the table like that, like, and he just looks so tired. I just, I was just like, oh my God. But the process we had, which I don't know, everyone's process is like their their protocols and you know how they do things are different. Which each, I guess, homicide. Mm-hmm. So we saw him that day, that night, I should say, the afternoon, and then the next day, I had to go to the city morgue and identify him again. Okay. Yeah. So the day of the stabbing, we saw him, and it was more so just because they my mom was adamant. Like, she's like, I'm not leaving here without seeing him. Okay, I so understand. I think, that, I, think, I think they did that more for her, her comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the actual ID came when I had to go to the morgue the next day. Okay. And that was the city morgue. And I went with my uncle. And girl, I want them people were so ignorant. And like, I'm wow. just like, you're cheating me. Like, I, this is not something that I'm used to. Like, it was just so, like, the energy in there was just so nasty. And it just, like, they kept referring to him as the black guy. Oh, like, hell was, no! Girl. Wow. Girl. <laughs> yes, it was It was disgusting. Like, when I go back, like, I was literally in tears because they showed me a picture as well. But um, 
they it was like uh the back was a blue screen like a, it looked like he was um i don't know if the same thing happened to you but like the it looked like it was like almost like a black uh not a black a blue background yeah i think yes it was the same yeah. yes yes so yes. they showed us they, they showed us they showed me the picture and they were asking me a series of questions like how long have you known the deceased and just all this craziness and like i was asked to sign my um print and sign my name on the picture but i asked the lady like can i close can i close the folder because she gave it to me in a manila folder and she was like no you have to sign it open i'm like Girl, talk about like, insensitive like damn like i don't want to like why did you have to I leave was, it open i was and i was wow. in tears i'm like oh my god this is crazy and like he looked so pale but he looked like he was sleeping but i just it just was like Jesus Christ, yeah. like this is happening, and then I have to now come back to the morgue again, and it just. And mind you, like I said, I just had my twentieth birthday. It's so like no like, celebration. No, nothing at all. I literally had to go into survival mode and legit be like the protector that mm-hmm. he was to to us to for my mom and his dad, and it was me and my sister planning his funeral. And my mom, my mom, our mom, and. Their dad didn't have anything really much to do with the funeral. My mom maybe picked two songs, but other than that, it was me. Same, and I did that by myself. I know what you mean. Picking the song, putting together um, the Mm -hmm. eulogy, uh, the picture. I had to go to the mall, pick out what outfit. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there eight months pregnant at the mall, picking an outfit for my dead sister. Like I was was like, that was my sister. That was my sister. Girl, I swear you have to to go through it to to really understand. Yes, Yes, yes. Hell, I had to retwist his lock. Oh wow, you did, girl! Wow, and I went to the service, and it was a beautiful service, by the way. I went to, uh, I went to the funeral home, um, at the church, um, and I also went to the burial, um, and I went to, um. The repast. Yes, I went to the repast as well. Um, that was off of Washington Street, right? Yeah, it was at Prince Hall. So many okay, people. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So many people. And I think that's that was another reason like I was like, we were so overwhelmed because the way this city, you know, rallied around us with so much love and support, like it just really showed, you know, us for sure, like, you know, the individual that he was mm-hmm. and the individual that my mom was. Because a lot of people, you know, my mom's job. His department, like legit. It yeah, was Rashad so much got love. so like, much love. So yeah, much he love. did. Like, yes, yes. It was like it was girl. When we did the final count, it was like over six thousand people at his funeral. No, y'all, I it was <laughs> it was crazy in there. I, the line to even get to the church, like I was girl. in line a hot minute, a hot hot girl. minute, and it, it wouldn't end. The line was crazy. So it was, mm-hmm. it was. And I was like, oh my god, it's burnt. It, it, it had to be ninety five degrees. I'm like Rashad. Yeah. It was it hot. hot as hell out here. Mm-hmm. These people in line for you. Like, no, nope, you're right. But hey, good was, people. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Good yeah, people. And, yeah. and it's not something you could be like, you know, I'm going to just go tomorrow. Like, no, this is no. your chance. And you have to show, obviously, yeah. you show love to people while they're here. But when they pass yeah. in an unfortunate situation, you know, you have to you have to make sure, you know, that, yeah. and some people can't really handle funerals. So I don't want it to yeah. sound like, Oh, well, if you didn't go to any funeral, because to be honest, my right. sister 
passed in 2009, your brother's mm. funeral was the very next funeral that I went to. I don't go to funerals oh, often, my God. but I felt like yeah. what? Like, like I said, it had to. Yeah, you you felt like you know that was something you needed to do. No, I get it. I totally get it. Not everybody can do funeral. Yeah. Not, not even just a funeral. Not not many people can handle death. Correct. Period. You're right. Let alone the funeral. You're right. So I definitely understand it. Like I even felt bad for his friends, like because I had all of them as you know pallbearers and honorary mm-hmm, pallbearers mm-hmm. and I had them in the khaki and white and I, I felt bad for them because I just was like you know this was the that was their like you know how they say you lose the matriarch of your family the, your grandmother or the grandfather like although he was only 24 he kept a lot of his friends like like I said it was his energy like they, I'm not gonna say VAC didn't have their bad days because child <laughs> I, I would be nosy and they definitely went through a lot no, I know. the fact that the fact that Rashad always would be like, nah, we're family. That like we're brothers. That's my sis. Like you need to get it together. Like he he was just beyond his years, and it's just when he passed. Like the fact that you know there was grown men crying, and you know there's one thing to for us to cry as females, because you know us women we're just naturally emotional beings. But for men, grown men to cry, that was the I'm like, oh my yep. God, I can't even take it. Like, it just was so much. And then a lot of people don't know, but my mom, she was going to cremate Rashad. She wasn't going to Oh, really? I, yeah, I definitely Girl, didn't know. We legit had it to her, like, are you crazy? Like, Rashad never talked to you about this. Yeah, like, yeah. I know. But, like, he was like, you can't do that. You cannot do that. And legit, like, I even had to tell the funeral home, like, I'm going to need additional books. I'm going to need additional, you know, funeral um adhesive stickers because there's going to be a lot of people mm-hmm. and like I even had to extend the viewing hours because we did a four and a half hour viewing girl because we knew so many people were going to mm-hmm. come out and show their love and support and I think in that moment you know of planning his funeral I was so numb me and my sister because we just was just trying to get it over. I hear you like, literally you know like we couldn't deal with mm-hmm. our emotions ourselves but like the funeral day, it was like a relief because everything just came together and we were able to just send him off so mm-hmm, beautifully. Definitely and did. Although it was it was a sad moment, of course. I felt like, you know, it was a, a, a job well done for us all because he would always tell me, like, sis, if anything happens to me, like, because I know, I'm not sure if you remember, but that summer, a lot of homicides happened. <sighs> and he just kept, he just kept saying, like, sis, like, I didn't, like, it, it kind of played on my head, like, a little bit, like, when he passed, like, a few days after, I was like, Rashad always would say to me, like, sis, like, if anything happens to me, please make sure my hair's done. Please oh, okay. have, a, have a have a big party for me. Like he will always say these things. And I just be looking at him like, You're crazy. It's crazy. Little conversation you. like that that people yeah. like to stop. And then it happens and you are yeah. the person that has to now yes. like no, he told yes. me. Like, nah, he told me yes. I need to, et cetera, yes. et cetera. And Yes. at least you were able mm-hmm. to do that and I'm sure you guys yeah. would have done the best you can based on who he was mm-hmm. and what you think he would like but for him to kind of tell you and you knew that already you know what I'm saying like he was he was very adamant he was like sis Aww. make sure my hair's done make sure y'all dress me in design I'm like you're such a pretty boy even, <laughs> even when you're not gonna be here you're like no you gotta make sure I look right have a big party for me I'm like oh my god so when he passed like I said like I had to go and fix his hair because unfortunately he went to a funeral home in South Boston. You yeah. know, they don't know nothing about, about our mm-hmm. hair. 
So it was like crazy. Wow. I definitely commend you for doing that. I know that's your brother. You would do it anyways, but a lot of people would not have been able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the, he looked crazy. His hair looked crazy. I was like, no, no that's amazing. That's amazing for real, yeah. Ty. Um, so I want to fast forward a little bit real quick because mm-hmm. the man that stabbed your brother was caught. So he was caught. The boy. Was he a the boy? Because he's not a man. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. He's still a boy. You're right. Eyes, you're right. But... <laughs> we should call him a monster, actually, because it was yeah, so senseless. Yeah. Come to yeah, find out the reason yeah. why. I've actually even explained it to my son. I told him, oh, I'm recording with this woman, Taisha. And I, you know, he's like, oh, what about? A lot of people, a lot of people, not to catch okay. a lot of people have, they don't even realize why. They think they know, but they okay, don't. Okay. So, and that's, that's the confusion that people, I still to this day, like, I don't even, I, I feel bad at times because I don't even wear my pen because people are so ignorant yeah. and they have this assumption of what happened without even knowing what happened and they fail to realize, like, this could be your loved one. Would you want somebody to have these assumptions You're of right. your loved one based on what the media picks out? Because sometimes, you know, it could be a grown woman and they'll say it was a nine-year-old. Who are you girl, telling? So, no, you so are I'm not like, lying. Okay, I, I told my son the story that I know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and then I want to get into uh, because the the monster that did mur- murder your brother is currently in jail, mm-hmm. so I do want to talk a little bit about that, but from what I heard mm-hmm. was that your brother accidentally stepped on his shoe. I don't know if he was on the bus and it happened, or when he was getting on the bus, and, and mm-hmm. he was so upset about it that he wouldn't let it go, and that's when your brother decided to get off the bus to de-escalate because it was like, what the hell's happening here? And that's mm-hmm. when it happened. I don't know if that's the correct story, but that's what I've been under the impression all these years. That's not. See, that's crazy. I, that's the story yeah. I've known since it happened. And that, and, and it's wild because I can only imagine how many yeah. stories are going on about my sister, which I know the story, yeah. but okay. Mm-hmm. So what actually happened from what you know? So, Rashad and this individual, I'm going to call him the individual because I want to be, you know, I'm on a spiritual journey. I'm not trying to okay. you know, go backwards, but yeah, I'll, I'll call the person the individual. So, Rashad was on the bus with this individual, and um, they do not know each other. They've never met each other. And um, multiple times now, they were on the bus for 20 minutes. Okay. Prior, prior to the stabbing happening. Now, this individual um, stated that he felt threatened by Rashad. Now, Rashad was on his cell phone the whole entire bus ride, laughing, making jokes, because we have the audio. We have the actual video surveillance, because, it, you know, that was the main thing that... To him getting captured. Put, yeah, to him getting captured and arrested. So, I saw this video... And even without seeing the video, you know, the police officers and the homicide detectives are like, you know, Taijin, we were stunned by watching this video because you would, you know, unfortunately, the assumption is a stabbing happened, you know, two males, two black males, automatically you may assume that there was a fight, there was word mm-hmm. exchange. Unfortunately, that's just what it has come to because a lot of times that is the scenario. But in this case, that was not the scenario. Rashad was on the bus with this individual, and he was on his phone, legit minding his business. Didn't even know who this individual was, because, again, he's on the phone laughing. Even people in the video um, on the bus, you can see they're laughing at whatever Rashad's laughing at, because you can't hear the audio, but you can see it. No, I get it. Mm -hmm. 
So um, he then, um, Sean and the individual, throughout this 20-minute bus ride, they people are getting on and off the bus, which are freeing up seats. So Rashad and the individual have changed their seats a few times. Rashad's standing some for a few minutes and he goes and sits down. Now this individual is changing his seat. So now if you're saying you felt threatened, now you've changed your seat multiple times and to the point where you changed it twice where you're where Rashad's behind you. Now if you're saying you feel right. threatened, why would why would you move in front of somebody? So now well you're mm-hmm. right. So now Rashad gets the, he goes to get off the bus at the, across the street from the Boys and Girls Club. It's like that church on mm-hmm. Long Street. I, I know what you're name. talking about. But um, um, he gets off right there, across the street from the Boys and Girls Club, across the street from the courthouse and the library. So he gets off right there. And before he gets off the bus, he legitimately slightly, I mean, when I say they had to put up a microscope to see what happened. He Rashad slightly because this individual's legs were in the aisle. Rashad literally stepped over him and slightly his pants brushed this individual's shorts. That's even worse this than the individual, senseless stepping on the yeah. shoe. That's even worse. Like all of it's senseless, so then, but yeah. seriously. Yeah. Then he looks up at Rashad, like, really? Didn't say anything. Rashad's still on his phone. Rashad gets off the bus. This individual gets off the bus right after him. Now there's another female, not another female, there's a female that gets off the bus. She gets off and she looks back. And on the video, you can see this individual drops his knife, picks his knife back up. Now, if you felt threatened, you got off the bus, why didn't you just go the other way? But you had intentions to harm my brother. And you did that by picking back up your knife that you originally dropped when you got off the bus. You then followed my brother, and Rashad didn't even see it coming, and grabbed my brother from behind by his shirt and his book bag, because he had on a book bag, and repeatedly started to stab him. Wow. So that's what happened. I'm honestly, I'm glad you cleared it up, because again, I knew your brother. I know a lot of mutual friends. We've been friends a while Mm -hmm. and that was the story I was under the impression all these years because people do create stories and you know I would never be like hey girl can you tell me what happened and you know that that's sensitive we're talking about it now and Mm -hmm. I'm able to ask you Mm -hmm. um and I'm sure it's easier to talk about as the years go on because it's the same with me people are like how do you talk about your sister's murder and you're not like hysterically crying I'm like first of all Mm -hmm. you become some type of numb you know what I'm saying not intentionally Mm -hmm. but one you are a spokesperson for your brother's murder you talk about it you keep his name alive the same as me and you have to be able to do that in a strong manner but I am glad and I'm hoping that everyone that listens to this will now know the truth that didn't know because I didn't know right. so I'm glad we can clear that up for the people of Boston or anyone outside of Boston that ever heard about this story so because Lord knows though I hear the stories and I just be laughing like and it, it's not even of course the stories that you know like you said it's very sensitive it's it's a you know it's my loved one it's you know someone I care about but the fact that people are so confident to then say it to me and then be adamantly like no this is what happened and I'm looking at them like wow you for know real what I mean? for okay. real that's ignorant though. Like, that's ignorant it's one yeah, thing it like I said okay I'm gonna is. ask you people should ask I asked you I said please mm-hmm. clarify you told me the real story mm-hmm. not the same story I heard mm-hmm. what the hell do I look like talking about mm-hmm. no girl I don't think you you I don't think you got the story right nah right. people are ignorant that's ridiculous 
very much so ignorant and insensitive. All right, so so the individual, uh, I'm not really on a spiritual journey. I'm going to call him a monster. You don't have to. I'm going to keep it a buck, okay? <laughs> That's because, fine. That's fine. You know, he done changed your life everybody, upside down. Every, yeah, he not, did, yeah. I, I can't. So the monster eventually was arrested. And like you said, the video of, of the bus, on the bus, um, that they put on the news, because I remember seeing that in the newspaper. I remember seeing it, and he was captured. So can you let me know, one, um, a little bit about his trial? Did he have a trial? How long was the trial? Obviously, I know he was found guilty. Um, but how long was the trial? How many days was it? So um, he was, um, they found his killer, um, the day of his oh funeral. wow, they arrested him that Wednesday. He was arraigned and arrested the Wednesday. So Rashad's funeral was on a Monday. It was literally the Monday after Carnival. Um, so they arraigned him that Wednesday, and actually, sorry, not Wednesday, the next day, which would be Tuesday. Um, and from the day he was arraigned, which was the Tuesday of August. I believe it was the 28th, if I'm not mistaken, of August. Um, he then had to get um, indicted. Okay. And he got indicted um, in September. And so from September 2012, three years and legit six months later, we went to trial. Yeah, it takes a long time, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the trial lasted about a week and a half. And they go into details at the trial. Did you and your family stay yeah. inside the courtroom? Because my my sister's killers have not been captured. However, somebody was arrested for perjury uh, because he lied and made himself uh, an alibi. And it was proven that he, in fact, was not. So obviously he has some information. But he went to trial. That was only a couple of days. And they went into details mm -hmm. about my sister's murder, obviously, to put it together. And I had to tell, uh, wait. Wait a second. Uh, my mom and my dad are gonna step out. So my parents, you know, and my mom English mm -hmm. is her second language, and she, I'm, I had to, I'm like, uh, can we? Because I know they, they cannot. Yeah. You yeah. had to advocate. They, and they, my parents didn't even your, ask your me. They were confused when we got to the hall. I'm like, I don't want y'all, yeah. but I want to hear it yeah. because. I need to know every single thing that happened. Like, so I sat inside, mm -hmm. but I had them step out. How was it for you and your family? Did everybody stay inside or did people feel like they had to leave at some point? So the beginning of, um, before we actually even went to trial, they showed us, they, they told us that they have the tape and that they can then now show okay. us the tape because now they're, they're leading up to the actual trial itself. Cause you know, they always give you the, it's a pending and ongoing mm -hmm. investigation because they'll have so much information, but they can't really show you and tell you so much because it's a pending investigation or whatever. So um, that year, we saw the tape in January. We didn't go to trial until okay. June. Um, yeah, so when it came about um, us being in the courtroom, we were prepped pretty much by the prosecutor and by the victim okay. advocate because they appoint the family. So um, each family mm -hmm. has a victim advocate. So they pretty much was telling us, like, this is what, it was like an agenda. Like, 
this is what's going to happen today. We're going to have X, Y, Z as witnesses. This is what they're going to be talking about. And they always warned us and told us, you know, at any time, you know, you feel like you can't hold yourself together. Because unfortunately, in the court of law, they don't give two shits if you're crying or anything. They will literally be in their mind saying that that mm-hmm. can tamper with the, you know, the, um, the jury. So the prosecutor told me and my mom very upfront, like, I'm not going to tell you not to cry. But if it's to the point where, you know, it's outbursts and all that, you know, you know, you're not going to be able to contain yourself, you know, it'd be best for you to step out. But predominantly for the trial, it was pretty much myself. My mom was there, but a lot of times Mm -hmm. she didn't step out because, again, it was a lot of graphic details. You have the, you know, medical examiner, you have the EMS that was there, you have, you know, different, you know, witnesses that, you know, tell like you said, in detail, and a lot of time it was mm-hmm. graphic details. You know, clothing, his clothing was shown, the murder weapon was shown, the video was shown. So yeah. It was a lot. No, I understand. So my mom couldn't, my mom definitely couldn't take all of that. And my, like you said, you had to pretty much say, like, you know what, protect your mom and your dad. It's the same mm-hmm. thing I had to do with my mom. I had to say, you know what, mom, you don't need to see XYZ. And, you know, she, you know, still to this day, she's thankful that I was able to break down, you know, a lot of what was going on. Because at the time I was um, in school for criminal justice. So I understood that, you know, mm-hmm. the back end of it, like, you know, this is what's going to happen. And to further, you know, explain it in lame terms, if that makes sense to my mom. Because, you know, they throw all these big words around trying mm-hmm. to confuse you. So I had to break it down to a more, you know, better way for her to comprehend and wrap her head around it. Although she still was over it, she still was able to better understand it from me. No, I understand. I definitely understand. Sometimes you do have to, you know, take the initiative and be like, all right, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I can, so we lost our siblings. Um, and that's a, that, mm-hmm. that's a type of pain that like you said, I wouldn't wish it on anybody in that as, as a sibling. And then I think, okay, I can't imagine how it feels as a parent to lose a child that you have taken the precautions to raise correctly. You have taken the precautions Mm -hmm. to, you know, okay, let me make sure a safe Mm -hmm. environment for my kid. Let me make sure my kids is, let me, you know what I'm saying? And then somebody just decides. Right. Right. Yes. Like who the hell are you to decide? Like you going to take my child. So certain things, I, I'm not saying, okay, better me than my parents, but in a sense, I feel like kind of better me to know the information than my parents. Like, that's stuff that's going to be in their right. mind. Like, they, you know what I'm saying? You got, you feel, you, you go into, you know, mm-hmm. protective mode. That's what that is. Like, you want to protect them as much as possible because it's already so much in itself. Yep. Like, so yeah, I definitely understand. And I definitely had to live that. And I still live that because, again, people feel to realize it's beyond the actual you know, homicide itself, like the day it happened, the funeral, the trial, if there is a trial, this is a lifetime thing. And people don't realize that there's some days you wake up and you're not okay. And then there's other days that you are okay. Hell, and it can't even, sometimes it's not even days. It could be two hours out of the day, you're fine. And the rest of the hour, the rest of the day, you're fucked up. And people, and people, they look at you like, they don't understand. So they're so ignorant and quick to judge you, but it's like, they could never, be in your shoe and nor would you want them to have this you know this type of pain but it's just like if only people knew that this is literally like it's it's one of those things that it's going to stay with you forever but it's all in how 
you're right through it but legit there's no book none there's no there's nothing that can really none whatsoever and i've had people hit me up and you know i don't mind but I, I don't be knowing what to say. An example, someone will lose a loved one, whether it's a friend or, you know, something happens and maybe they lose a sibling or, and I'll have people on social media, uh, me- message me Girl, and they're I like, know. um, mm-hmm. you know, you've been through this, like how I don't fucking know. Okay. It's been, uh, right. it's gonna be the 12th year since my sister was murdered in April. I have no answer. I have no answer, Taisha. I don't even know how, like you said, it's like a daily struggle it, it, every day. So for 12 mm-hmm. years, people may be like, oh, you know, it's been a minute. Girl, till this day, I, they don't I'm know. just winging it. Yeah. I'm literally winging like my emotions about and it. And that's okay. And, and that's okay. And I feel like a lot of times I had to, you know, really take a step back and not beat myself up and feel guilty about going mm-hmm. through these emotions because a lot of us don't realize a part of us healing or trying to move forward it sucks it stings and we feel guilty but also understanding that we can't process anything until we actually feel right. everything we try to we try to mask it and say oh we're fine we're okay or we don't want to talk about it and we harbor so much inside but we have to release that and that's a big part of, you know, not being okay. Like, it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to go through every emotion because you're going to go through every emotion. You're right. Like you said, you said it perfectly. There's really no book for it. Like, you and I both went through the same mm-hmm. thing. And, yeah, we have similarities. But we may be coping and healing differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, differently. we're only mm-hmm. scratching the surface level by talking about it. But when we're by ourselves, right. and not even, like, when we're with our family or when we're with our parents. Like, my parents handle it differently. Uh, we talk about my sister mm-hmm. but it comes to a point let's say there's a story or something like and I start talking about it they, it doesn't go that far after a while my mom's like okay can we stop where I can talk about my sister for hours I can cry in the same sentence I can laugh about right. a joke that we shared and everything but yes but you're different mm-hmm. how you're processing it is different so and then even that's okay but again we can't expect everyone to be at the same level of you know healing and just dealing with it and coping with it because legit you'll never get over it you'll just simply learn how to show up day to day moment by moment on how to cope with it you figure out different coping mechanisms and that's just that's the honest that's if anybody asks advice i'm like legit you Mm -hmm. know that's what i said i'm like i don't even i don't like the um for me personally i don't like the she's in a better place. It doesn't work for me. It oh, doesn't work for me. No, God. in a better place would be here with me, yeah. my family. My son was born two weeks after she, yeah. her funeral. She never got to meet him, and that was my closest sister. Him, don't yeah. tell... I don't know if that works for people, yeah. but people that are listening, you may want to find a new I don't phrase like that to tell people that uh-uh, doesn't work no. to someone that's lost a loved one. Yes, that's and, not okay. No. No, it's not okay at all. Like, I, I see that as fighting words. Like, what? What you mean? Mm-hmm. He's in a better place. He's not in a better place. He was fine here. He was minding his business on his way to work. And somebody felt the need to attack him and take his life so, for no yeah. reason. And that has also created a domino. And that has now created a domino effect Correct. for all of us. No, so, so for those that are listening, find something new to say to people that lose someone. Because that, that ain't it. That ain't real. it. All right, yeah, so... Or just okay. don't say nothing at all because people don't realize how they say things and 
how they say it and what they're saying, it affects us. Like, you can't do that. Like, at the end of the day, I'm sad to say, but you have to start putting, you know, a, a mute button on your mouth to really pause and process. Like, wait a minute, if I say this, like, what if I were this person? And how would I feel if I were to say this, if this was said to me? You know, and I don't think people You're think right. about that thing. They just they just sit there and they just want to say whatever it is they feel is best. And that's not the best thing to say. Because if you don't know, then just No, nope, you're right. You're right. Like, that's that's the best advice I could give anyone that, you know, tries thinking that they're comforting us or... No, you're right. You're, you're right. And honestly, I've even had certain people uh, on my timeline that, um, you know, I'm not necessarily friends with them, but you know you're cool with certain people on social media or you've... And someone yeah. passes away mm-hmm. and automatically I'm like, I know your heartache. And depending on our friendship or whatever, I may hit you up and say, but some people I dead ass don't know what to say. So I just keep scrolling because I don't want to be that person. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're in a better place, but I I don't know what to say because I'm still trying to figure it out myself. So you're right. Sometimes you just Mm -hmm. don't have to say anything. You know, maybe you could just love a post or put a care where you acknowledge it without having to say what you saw in a movie and you thought was going to work because that's Mm -hmm. not real life. Um, All right. Mm -hmm. So the the monster that murdered your brother was found guilty and is currently in prison. How, How long did he get sentenced for? I don't think I know that information. Um, so he was sentenced, um, okay. 20 years to life with the possibility of parole at 20 okay. years. So he was convicted. So, okay. He was charged with first degree murder, but they convicted him of second degree murder. Okay. Okay. I get it. So you said 20 to, or 25 to life? 20 to, 20 life. to life. Okay. So it's a life, it's a life sentence, but it's just, he's eligible for parole at okay. 20 years. Of that sentence. Okay, I I never really understood how it works, but that that's simple enough for me to get it. So pretty, so pretty much he has to before he can even be considered to be released. Okay, yeah. All right. So- yeah, and it's not it's not releasement if he has to go above. He has to go in front of the parole board, and they have to basically hear his case to see if they will allow him to be released back into society. He just no, no, I released. know that, because doesn't the family get to go and yeah. you get to speak and say why he, he shouldn't be yeah. released and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Okay, that mm-hmm. part I didn't know, but 20 yeah. to life, you you basically broke it down in, you know, simple terms. So, mm-hmm. that's one thing, despite our connection, that's one thing I am unable to... Yes. Have? Because my sister's killers... Okay. Um, we're pretty we have an idea of the individuals or the monsters i should say that that did it but they have not been arrested there's no guilty there's no they're in prison and obviously it doesn't bring your sibling back but i don't even have that comfort piece nor do my family every my mom just asked me the other day like is there anything new and it's like 12 years later and there's no information so my question to you is for for you and your family based on you know because everybody's different having him mm-hmm. be in jail and knowing that your brother can't come back, has it brought you like a smidge of peace knowing that this monster is no longer on the street to you? How, I guess, how does it feel? Um, no, there's no peace. There's no peace. Um, because my brother's not here and this, this individual gets to eat, sleep, shit, piss and still write his family and his family can go see him. So there's no peace. 
Um, and honestly, that's how I'd imagine that I, I feel um, because my sister's still not yeah. here. Um, even right, and it, you're perfectly fine to feel that way, and don't allow anyone to make you feel like you shouldn't feel the way you feel. That's your sister. That's your pain, and nobody has the right to take that from you. And even when the time comes, because I still pray for your family all the time that you guys get that, you know. They say it's closure. I don't say it's closure because it's mm-hmm. still an ongoing Thank thing. Thank you. Um, but um, that your family gets that 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 time to your day in court where your um, your sister's killer or killers get convicted and they get held accountable for them taking your sister's life away. But for us, I feel as though um, it's like a a wound like you have a bad cut and they keep taking the band-aid off like because the process itself like I said it took us three years and six months to get to trial that in itself was very draining I mean we're going me and my mom were going back to court like two and three times a month like it, it's a definitely it's it's a mind fuck like legit like people always say to us un- unfortunately they're very ignorant and insensitive oh you mm. guys should be lucky they caught your brother's killer and is like, that what we're calling it lucky does that make us like yes yes like how does that make us lucky that they caught his killer like no that's not luck and it's like yeah they caught him but again we had to sit through this process and um a lot of people don't realize the emotions that you go through physically, emotionally, and spiritually to sit in the courtroom with this individual. And not only that, you're, hopefully you have a prosecutor that can humanize your deceased loved one because a lot of times it's you're just right. a docket number. They don't even barely say your loved one's name. So I'm thankful that, you know, my family were able to have a team that really down to each detective and each cop or anyone who has anything to do with my brother's case and getting his killer you know, held accountable and arraigned and charged and then convicted because that that plays a big role. You know, not everybody has, unfortunately, you know, detectives and, you know, lieutenant and sergeants on their case that can really make a case and get, you know, um, individuals held accountable for these homicides because either there's not enough information or they're just not thorough. Correct. Sometimes they're waiting for it to fall out of the sky. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is your this job. This is true. But this like is, you said, this is true. they do dehumanize, especially when it comes to black yeah. people. Black so people, they do. It's just they like, oh, yeah, they... I can't, I cannot argue enough with you with that. That's And you're sure right. They automatically they probably think, you know, I'm sure they probably came up with certain things at first, like okay, this black woman, because my sister was 23, so of course, this black woman shot in the head, who knows what she was a part, she wasn't a part Mm -hmm. of shit! Mm -hmm. She she graduated college, she worked hard, she was a stand-up person, but that's not what they're automatically going to think, but like you said, Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that there, I ain't going to say everybody, but there was the patient advocate and, um, not the patient advocate, the uh, victim advocate and um, certain detectives Mm -hmm. I do feel like they were genuinely, you know, genuinely working hard and they definitely saw my sister right. in that light. But there's some that I could tell they just threw mm-hmm. the case and was like, all right, well, next. Like, so it's unfortunate right. that, you know, once. Mm-hmm. It's a mixture. It's definitely a mixture because they You're stereotype right. us regardless of they trying to acknowledge it. They very much so stereotype us. And, you know, our, in our case, you know, Every cop, like, still to this day, like, we're still very much so close with the prosecutors. That's amazing. We're still very much so close with the, you know, the detectives 
their wives, like they're legit our, you know, our bonus family because we um we do our toy drive every year. And yes, I wanted to get shop. into so that. Even yeah, so even with that, like even though we we met these, you know, people due to a bad circumstance of us losing Rashad, it you know created a lot of beautiful relationships. Like literally, like they check on us, and, and I'm not just saying like for his just randomly, right? Like year round, uh-huh. randomly. Like we're a big family, so I'm I'm definitely thankful that we were blessed with those individuals that came into our life, even though it you know we were brought together because of an unfortunate situation being that we lost Rashad, but they talk about Rashad like they I don't have to be that advocate anymore. <laughs> That's so, awesome. So that I just be like Yeah. You know, like to have that and then and think about it like they're all Yes, because I see them when you do the toy None drive, of, I usually see you post pictures and a lot yes. of, a lot of it seems like the yes. same show none up every these, year. None of none of these people are people of color. They're all Caucasians. All of them. And the fact that they're like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, this shouldn't have happened. He mattered. Like, I'm just like, to, it's like not like you want to seek validation because that's never the case. But it just, it's more, it's more of a at ease feeling to know that you're not going crazy and that even they agree. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they do stereotype. And yes, they do. They do will sit here and play it as if like the case in Cambridge matters more than the case in Rockbury and Adams. You're absolutely right. So before I let you go, I do want to talk about the toy drive because you do the toy drive every year. Um, Does the news Mm -hmm. station show up? Because I feel like I've seen little news clips. Yeah, but they be playing us, girl, because you know... Where the the black family, the black guy mm. that got killed, they try to they try to play like that's not the case. Mm. But we already know what it is. Tell us, yes, but, yes, um, tell us. And I know we in January, but it doesn't matter because we need the people to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about the toy drive that you yeah. do every Christmas, right? Yes, every Christmas. So I came up with the idea because I wanted to do something, and I just was telling my mom like, you know, I feel like it needs to be, you know, by the people for the people because you know a lot of times these programs or organizations do things and it's like they've never experienced you know a homicide like they've never been impacted by a homicide so it's almost like how can you really feel and have the compassion and you're not just doing it for Mm -hmm. the hype like you know so I felt like I want to do something for the love like and I'm not I could care less if any news show up or any accolades or anything, as long as I know that I'm able to reach out and get back to other families that are also been impacted, like we've been impacted by a homicide and losing a loved one, then my job is done. Because I know the individual that my brother was, he, you know, is, I know he's beyond proud of me and, you know, my family and our bonus family that helps us, you know, put this toy drive together every year. So we literally, you know, gather and we talk leading up to the toy drive in Christmas, in the month of December for Christmas, basically trying to, you know, um, brainstorm, you know, of ways on how to make it better than the last year. And um, so we have it at the library. Um, Is it the library where and he was uh, killed in front of? We did. We originally started there, but then they started okay. construction. So once the construction started in Roxbury on, on, um, the Roxbury Branch Library, you had to move it to the Madison okay. Branch Library. Um, but yeah, like we legit, like we have Santa come, we we have refreshments for the kids, a coloring station. I've even had, you know, face painting. One year we had someone come and do graffiti, like hats for the kids and do ornaments. Like 
different things every year, just trying to make it fun for the kids. Because again, these kids are, you know, not to say that the adults are impacted, but the babies, like they legit are, I feel like they get, they kind of no, like shuffled through. Like, you know, like I feel like these kids are either they lost their mother, their dad, you know, an older sibling or whomever they may be, like that affects you at a young age to go through such a traumatic thing. And I feel like there's a lot of support groups for us adults, especially predominantly the women, but there's not enough support groups for the men. And there's definitely not enough support groups for the kids. So I said to myself, like, let me do something to give back to the kids and give back to the family. That's amazing. um, That's how how the tour drive came about. And we just did ours. um, It was our eighth year of doing it. this past December, well, last month, I should yeah, say, yeah. Actually, past December, but last month we did it and we had a, you know, put a tw- t- little twist on it because it's the pandemic, but we did more so drop off deliveries instead of us having our, um, our gathering oh, okay. at the library because we had to, you know, keep the precautions and make sure we're social distancing and keeping everyone safe, but we still were able to pull it off and the news did show up and they gave us, you know, some coverage. That's so amazing. That cool. That's amazing. I do see that you guys post, um, well, you post cause I, I, cause I yeah. only really have you. <laughs> it's me. I, I know see that you post day, um, yeah. every year. And that's amazing because you keep yeah. your brother's name yeah. alive and, you know, and that's mm-hmm. all you can do, but you do a great job. It's not like, oh, okay, well, you know, some people, Hey, everyone handles it differently. And like I said, I'm not judging, but you and I are just, we just kind of do it the same. Like, you know, we do it differently, but we do it the same as far as using social media. It'll be a random day. I just post a picture of my sister and you'd be a random day and you'll post a throwback picture of you and your brother. And some people will lose a sibling and never post anything because they're handling it differently. So there's no judgment to how people handle it. I understand. I just being like you know that's mm-hmm. just not us we just the way we the way we're the way we navigate through it that and that's enough that people don't realize mm-hmm. that's therapeutic you know we're able to you know post a picture share a moment share our thoughts and it's like why not like you know because I know for me you know they always say give people their flowers while they're here and I can definitely say like I gave my brother all that love and his flowers while he was here so it's easy for me to post him now that he's not gone and not for nothing I try not to even talk about him in past tense because even that be pissing me off. I'm no, like, I understand. He's still here. Like, mm-hmm. spiritually, you know, like, people don't realize those little things, like, it just, it's different for everyone, but I definitely, I know where you're coming from where it's hard. Like, you know, it could be a random day and you just want to pay homage. And you, not for nothing, that may just be you feeling close mm-hmm. to her that day. Or, like, for instance, for me, like, I'll, I'll wear my pen. That makes me feel, like, a little bit, you know, at ease or... I can have him. Yeah, it's the simple things you know, that help just, you through the days. People don't, people, yeah, people don't understand that those simple things. But again, they don't know because they haven't experienced it. it and it's just one of those things that I don't want to no, say I like a, you know, like until you know. But it's just like people just are so they're just so ignorant and insensitive. It's just almost like it's very triggering. To yeah, us that have gone through it and still go through it. Like don't sit here and you know. People like sometimes I, I get the oh why is she posting him or it's a lie I'm like if that's what I choose period to do, that's, that's it my business. that's, that's my it. brother like you know like people people really be like oh my god like you're posting yes I am like that's that's the way I want to give homage that's the way I want to show my love and that's the way you know not for nothing those who are genuine and true 
they also miss him and sometimes they may not have the coverage cover, mm-hmm. courage to you know to post him or to talk about him and it, to see that you know I'm his sister and they all know how close him and I were yes. that's therapeutic no. for them you know and I've heard you know his friends multiple times like sis I don't know how you do it but thank you sometimes I'll be going through it then I go to your page and I see you know your your messages and your your are talking about him and all the throwbacks like that help you're right there so. are times that people message me as well and and i get it and it's not for all to see but you know what's happening in the background and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. where i don't know it's just yeah. crazy like i said like this is our first time actually talking about what happened to your brother and me talking about you know little things about what happened to my sister and us actually talking and it's just crazy because we just I don't know, girl. It's like you're like, I don't, we have like this connection, and I've always felt that way. Yeah, it's for not sure. Like you and for I are the sure. only two people that I ever known that lost a sibling, but I I don't know if how we do it. I think it's different. Maybe I think it's different more so. Like I I can always say for me with you, like you always were genuine, and you you're still genuine. Let me not make it seem like you're genuine. <laughs> no, you're not genuine. But you've all you've always been just genuine and just like even when I met you, like I didn't know who mm-hmm, but no, course, I'm not gonna course. lie. The amount of friend requests that I, the amount of friend requests that I get because of Rashad, Lord, and I'm Rashad's sister, I just feel like mm-hmm, I'm not mm-hmm, like no, I, know. I don't know who you are. I get it, but you know, so it kind of can be awkward and throw me off. But like with you, it just was more so like I don't know, like it just was like when you and then it's like when I'm when I first met you, I don't know if you remember like you cried. He was like, I don't, you don't know me, but I know of you. And I know you're Rashad's sister. And he was like, I lost my sister and they're both together. And he started crying. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I just was like, that's like, that takes a lot to come up to somebody and say that. And then like, you're right. You Cause know I didn't know how like, you would take you know, it. Cause it could like, be like, okay, you know, sometimes you just like, okay, I don't know all these people. And it's not like you're, you're mean. It's just kind of like, okay, but yeah. I, yeah. They so catch I'm you like, off guard. You know it's now and ever like, I, I'm gonna just take the chance and I'm, I'm going to go up to her. And mm-hmm. you know that, that, like I said, your, your brother's funeral was the first funeral I went to after my own sister. And I just felt like, yo, we was just all in three C's. Like how, people dropping out of like mm-hmm. and, and I used three C's and the reggae moments that was like before I had my son and that's when I was young and free we was you know going and having fun mm-hmm. and living life and no worries and I felt like damn f- first my sister right. passed then Rashad and it was just like whoa like it it, it really hit me yeah. differently and um I was just mm-hmm. like I'm gonna just go talk no, to her and let her know you know I understand if you don't feel like people understand like and I know you don't know me but I want you to know that I understand and um yeah and I've always felt the genuine right. love back you know I've always felt like you know if I mm-hmm. share something about my sister or you you will like it or you'll be like I hope your family finds closure like throughout the you know throughout the years you've always showed love and I've always done the same and it's not forced and mm-hmm. it's like oh my god here you know yeah. it's just like I genuinely feel like you like my little connection, sister. I don't know. I don't know what you're <laughs> I know. Girl, probably. Pro- I- probably. You know, the universe aligns. The universe aligns itself. You know, you never know. They both could be right. up there together, putting putting the signals down out for us. I'm telling connect. you, you know I know about- a few people that have siblings that have been murdered, but I don't connect with them the same. And it's crazy. It's but I really am really grateful that you were actually able to get on and uh, talk about your brother. Um, talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. On, on of, a course, platform of course. Because a lot of people of 
you know, Ooh. one, they, they go through this and you're right. They don't know how to feel. They feel guilty for celebrating a birthday or maybe celebrating. And it's like, you shouldn't feel guilty because, you right. know, you just have to maneuver through life. But I feel like we talked about so many things that can help people going through it, help mm -hmm. people that haven't gone through it and know not know what not to say because they thought it was helpful, but we shut it down. Right. <laughs> and that's right. But that's, that's really what it's all about. Cause when it really boils down to it at the end of the day, be like outside of you i have not met anyone really i have so I, I i've not like not not the way rashad mm. no anyone close to me or no I, I don't know anyone yeah i haven't like that's just to be honest like but um i had to like really like mm -hmm. i was angry for a while i went through those you, you know you know how it is going through those emotions because it's like damn my sister's not here my angry not here. like you know like but I, yeah, I had to, you know, navigate up out of that and really had to take a step back and be like, you know what, although I don't know anyone that has gone through it, like how I've gone through this experience, you know, I just try to say like, you know, the person that Rashad was like, I know if he were here and this didn't happen to him and one of his friends had lost a sibling, I know he would have been nothing but pure support, genuine, you know, a overflow of love to that person. So I'm just like, you know, I had to, you know, take a lot of the gems that he had and just apply it to myself in my day-to-day -day life and just realize that, you know, people will tell you and show you how not to be, but it's leading by example. Like you said, like a lot of people can't get on here and talk about it or on any social media platform or even amongst themselves with family or friends, but it's like we're setting that example you know, to give people some type of, you know, something to look up to. Like, you know, if they can do it, then hopefully maybe not now, but sometime in the future, maybe You're I'll right. be able to do this. You're definitely thing. right. So again, I definitely, definitely thank you. Um, <laughs> You're so welcome. And I, You're so welcome. I mean, ultimately, everyone that's listening has, has pretty much heard, you know, unfortunately how my sister passed and how Rashad passed. And, you know, I, I'll just have to say, Unfortunately, and I'm not going to make this a staple, but my sister, based on what I know, uh, black people uh, murdered my sister and a black man murdered mm -hmm. your brother. And it's unfortunate we keep killing sure. each other off. Like, you know, it wouldn't have made mm -hmm. it any different if mm -hmm. it was white or if they were Asian. I'm not saying none of that, but. I just come on. No, but it like, stings. A little, it stings. On. It stings a little bit. It definitely stings a little bit. It more be our own people. People of color. It's one of us. Our and you know, people. people are always yeah, like, oh, we true. don't talk about black or black crime. And well, okay, what about? But yo, it, it is. But it's true. true. It is but true. it's true. We have to. We have to acknowledge it. It starts home. It starts at home. If we sit here and we don't recognize that we're literally killing off our own race, then that's the problem in itself. We can't sit here and talk about how you know, white cops are killing us when we're killing I'm us. I'm telling we need to you. talk about that as well. It needs to be a conversation as well. But people, they want to tiptoe Everybody want to be woke be and be woke. And that's Let's fine. I'm not it. saying the injustice of white cops or white people in general murdering black people is not okay. But neither is the fact that our siblings yeah. lost their lives to black folks. So when I see comments like that, I, I have to refrain yeah. from really going in because yeah. people really don't give a fuck. Yeah. But I be reading it oh, like... Oh, trust okay. me. Trust me. 
I have to mute. I have to mute people. Like, uh, uh-huh. remove yourself because you'll say something, and it's like uh-huh. we know because we've lived it, and we still will continue to go through it because of our own experiences with losing our sibling. But it's like people are just so ignorant, and they want to sit here and only, you know, look at one side of it. Like it all is strong. None of us should be dying. At the end of the day, like even like when I speak to like, you know. A couple of elders in my family, they're like, we're not, we're not supposed to live to get killed. You're we're right. supposed to live to die, and and that and literally just that little line there, it never really clicked in my head. You're I'm right. Like, wow, that's real. That's really real. Like we're literally out here. You're right. Like, living. It's to unfortunate. Get it's really unfortunate. So, uh, people, I don't know what the hell, but it's just you're ruining families. They think, oh, well, that person's gone. It's a domino effect. Mm-hmm. The whole shit's fucked up. Everybody from it is. the youngest to the oldest. My grandfather passed, yeah. uh, you know, a few years after my sister and he had Alzheimer's, but he would ask me every time he seen me like, so they didn't kill some people that killed your sister? As much as he forgot, he never forgot that, okay? And it's like, y'all fucked up everybody. So I just want everybody to stop killing everybody. I know it's wishful thinking, but it's just fucked up for real. So it is. It but thank you, is. thank you, it thank is. you so much. I was definitely you're welcome. Uh, you're happy welcome. to have you on. So um Thank you for having me, for sure, for sure. I definitely appreciate it. And I, I definitely like I probably haven't said it to you and probably need to say it enough, but you know, kudos to you doing a podcast and being you know a voice and being a vessel to even do it because a lot of times you know all of us may not have the courage to just talk and just you know it don't even have to be about a topic just just to release as a whole and we need more of that because you know predominantly in you know african-american families we're so you know conditioned a lot of us you're right it's not that serious or you know our feelings are invalid you know like so the fact that you're on here you know legit you know showcasing that you can talk like let's talk I'll about be it talking, like, let's, you know, girl, so I, you know, <laughs> I, I hear you thank you i'll be watching you i'll be like check check this out you. okay then you got okay. your little tell the people like, okay. tell the people okay. Okay. <laughs> okay okay i see you i put my <laughs> little boat in okay. thank you okay. it's, it's definitely been great and i've been yeah. able to connect with so many people and um be yeah, connecting with people, being able to share it. Because so many of us have the same thoughts, but we may not say it out loud because we're like, is this okay? And you realize, like, hold on, they think the same thing. It's like, right. oh, I ain't tripping. Some people be right. tripping, though. But, you know, <laughs> everybody's different. Yeah. No, I definitely get it. I definitely get it. But, no, like, for sure, I definitely, I give you all your credit. Or like I, like you said, give you your flowers now, for sure, because, you ain't need that. And people don't realize, I don't care who you are. Right. We all need somebody. We all need that outlet. We all need that support. We all want to feel that we have, you know, someone there to listen. Because a lot of us, we so quick to realize that we want to be understood. Right. We don't be understood right. as well. So, like, it, it goes both ways for sure. But definitely keep doing keep doing what you're doing. And I send you all my, you know, positive Thank you. And I send them right back to you. 